0: I am going to tell you a story and then ask you a question about that story and the question that I will ask you is did he do anything immoral okay Okay.
1: I like a cold open kind of (laughs) all right (laughs) you ready yeah
0: Two Dads Named Grant, episode 15. I'm Grant Vickery here talking with my good friend Grant Overman. This is our podcast about how to be a better dad and how to be a better man. In this episode, we're asking a question that I hadn't really thought about too much before, but one that I've been thinking about a lot lately, and Grant offers some good insight on this. The question we're approaching is... How much should you give your children? What's too much? What's not enough? You don't want to make them spoiled, but you want to provide them with every opportunity that you can. So where do you draw that line? Okay, so let's say I have a friend named Dave. Family man, married, two kids, etc. You know you know the drill, right? Mm-hmm. Dave's a decent guy, but... Where he really shines is at work. Dave sells cars for a living, and he's incredible at it. Not just the, the selling part, either. He's a whiz with all the paperwork. He remembers his co-workers' birthdays. He's an organizational genius. And he's really well-connected in the community, too. So whenever any contracting work needs to be done around the dealership, Dave's boss asks him who he'd recommend, and Dave always has a guy, okay? Mm-hmm. We like Dave. So... It should come as no surprise that the owner of the dealership also loves Dave, and Dave makes him a ton of money, and frankly, he makes the work environment an all-around pleasant place to be. So the owner told Dave years ago that if he kept up all this hard work, there would be a place in upper management for him, okay? And so Dave did indeed keep it up, and when a position finally opened, the owner passed dave over and gave the position to his own son instead so this is a clear case of nepotism the owner's son did work there admittedly but he's kind of like the anti dave he messed up frequently on paperwork he never remembered his co-workers names much less their birthdays Uh, his desk is a mess he's unpleasant to be around and because of this list of unpleasant qualities he frankly never really sold any cars and now he's dave's manager so question did the owner do anything wrong?
1: Yeah, absolutely, I would say.
0: Keep in mind, this is a, a moral question. Did he do anything morally wrong? Yes. Okay, so the follow-up is, what was immoral about the owner's action? So l- let me let me give you a, a little bit more background here. The owner decides he's going to promote his son, so he goes in... And he sits down with Dave and he tells him like, "Dave, I'm not going to promote you. I'm going to give this position to my son. I think he just needs this opportunity. It'll be good for him." Okay? Does that change your mind at all if he actually tells him up front?
1: Uh, no. I think it changes and that the owner believes that he is acting morally. That might have been true before, but I don't think it changes it.
0: So, if I so articulate for me very briefly then, what what is it that the owner did wrong? Um, morally.
1: Sure. A, c- a couple things. One, he had given Dave his word and then broke it, right? Um, okay, yeah. You know, yeah. that's that's not cool. He said, you will get this. This is what will happen if you will do it. I plan it. I see. I recognize your work. And then he he didn't follow through with what he said. He also, uh, going by what you told me, he said, I think this opportunity will be good for my son. It will help him in some way. I mean, and so in his mind, it seems like from those words, he's thinking, I am fully aware of his shortcomings, I'm hoping this opportunity will help him rise above those or, or he's just saying that to Dave and whatever, either way um, you're not doing your child any favors by telling him that, you know, there's no consequences for your actions. Someone, you know, you just show up and you get things. I mean, so, I mean, you've, you've, you've set your child up for failure. I think, in this, in addition to also then, like, I mean, I don't know if the kid knows that he gave his word or not, but (laughs) that's even worse if he does know it, where it's like, well, I promise this guy this, but I'm willing to break my word for you because what you say to other people doesn't matter if you decide you want something else more. Um, And also even more reinforces in that kid's mind that I am the center of the universe, clearly, Um, there. So I do not think that that was... That was a good thing he did for his son, although it seems like in his mind he thought maybe it was. And sure, it's true in some situations that some people, given opportunities or given something sufficiently interesting to them or stimulating, that maybe they display work ethic or skill or whatever that they didn't before. I would. Right. It That's highly situational, I would say, though.
0: Okay. So I'm going to Paul Harvey you and tell you the rest <laughs> of the story. Okay? There you go. I was and, waiting and- for it. And I'm going to ask you the same question again. Mm -hmm. Did he do anything immoral? All right. That's the question that's coming. So Dave gets passed over for this. And and actually, he left years ago. After all this happened, he he left because he was like, I'm done, right? This place is garbage. I'm not going to go anywhere, whatever. He took out a loan and he started his own car dealership. And things were a little bit rocky at first because it was a new business, and he had to put in a ton of late nights, and he had to work harder than he had ever imagined, okay? Like, Dave put in a ton of hours. But eventually, it did really well because, well, it was run by Dave, right? Right. And on top of that, Dave knew exactly what made for good car salespeople, so he hired people who were good, right? And his dealership was across the road from the other dealership and actually eventually put them out of business. So karma, right? Hooray. Mm -hmm. Now, one of Dave's employees had been doing really well, and Dave had promised him a position in upper management if such position became available. And Dave also hired his own son a while back. And while his son is, frankly, a bit of an odd mall, he's he's introverted, and he's, frankly, not good at selling cars. Dave also knows, like, hey, he's a good kid, and he needs a chance to succeed. So he talked to his employee and gave him the bad news. And he was like, hey, I'm not going to give you this position. I'm going to give it to my son. Right, and the guy ended up quitting, and Dave felt bad about it, but it he worked hard for it. It's his business, and it's his son. He wants to give him this opportunity. He's going to do what's best for his family. So the question is, did Dave do anything immoral?
1: Uh, yeah, I would say that he did as well. It's the same. It's the same. I mean, one, the whole giving your word thing, like, that, that bothers me a lot. I also just... Question deeply this idea that if you can't show follow through with something at a smaller level, you should then be given greater responsibility you know like I, yeah. I think I think part of that is you got to be able to show you can at least handle it and do it even if it's not your deal even if it's not your thing you know I mean if he's old enough to be selling cars he's not exactly a kid I mean he's a kid but he's not like you know. He's an adolescent, at least, right? So he, he right. knows the difference between right and wrong. He knows the difference between trying and not trying, and fair and unfair, and all these kind of things. So if car selling is not your jam and you're not good at, at it, there's nothing wrong with that. And the kid hasn't done anything wrong in this situation. I just, I quite the, the solution to promote him over someone I've promised it to to try to pull him out of whatever, you know, cocoon he's in. I don't know. I don't think you're actually accomplishing what you think you're accomplishing, and also you've lied to someone and sent a, bit, a bad message to your child in the process
0: okay, so that's fascinating to me that you say that. So uh, the I, I came up with this scenario when I was talking to my students um, and I at I was trying to get them to engage in an awareness of protagonist bias, right? Mm, yeah, because most of them were totally well they were very upset by Dave getting like not getting the promotion right because yes. he's the protagonist and then at the same time they were totally fine with dave giving his son the pr- the, the position because it's his business and he worked really hard for it sure you've right? got
1: you've got that journey you've gone on with this character you also know a little bit more of the context maybe
0: right right yeah you know you know the context and maybe dave knows his kid or whatever In, anyway the i so I was actually a little worried about presenting you this scenario cold like we just did where you hadn't seen it before cuz I thought you would see right through it and kind of know what I was getting at but I think the the better outcome is that is is what happened which is you were consistent right mm, yeah. it doesn't it doesn't matter what the story was in the background or what Dave's intentions were you were you were totally consistent in that and so the the reason that i started thinking of this and the reason that i wanted to bring this up is because of this idea of kind of the protagonist bias of i am the main character in my own story or for uh, uh people who are maybe slightly less selfish i don't i don't know if that's accurate or not but maybe slightly less selfish my son is the protagonist in this story or my child mm. is the protagonist in this story right and so suffering from that protagonist bias where it's like all of your actions are moral because the end result of this story is that you're supposed to win, and so whatever it takes to get there, we'll get there. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I am concerned that I'm going to have that kind of protagonist bias with my son. And I, I guess my larger question is, have you thought about this, and are you worried that you're going to have protagonist bias with Zach?
1: Uh, yes, and yes, definitely, because it. You know, analyzing what somebody else is doing is obviously very different than analyzing your own behavior. Um, That's just what we do, right? The the fundamental attribution error is that we evaluate our own behavior on circumstance and we evaluate other people's behavior as absolute commentary on who they are as a person or whatever, right? So you did that because you're a bad, careless person who doesn't, you know, take any account for other people. I did this because I was momentarily distracted or I had a bad day or whatever, you know, so... that's just how people are, so I know I'll tend to be like that. But I also, you know, I just—I mean, even now, only two, I've experienced it a little bit, that desire to protect him from all harm, to keep him from any situation where anything bad might happen, to immediately assume the worst about anyone that tells me something I don't want to hear about him. You know? Like, even as a two-year-old. Like, this week, for example, he um, had a couple days at the end of the week where he had hard days at school. Didn't do anything really bad, but just was... Cranky and the last day on Friday Michelle told me when she picked him up the teacher let him know let her know that Hey, he didn't really nap and then he was like waking up other kids and wouldn't really listen not to tell her Your kids a bad kid and you need to fix it. No, that's good Yeah, he has a good teacher. She was just saying hey He's had a hard couple days and uh, frankly you know you want to know because if There is an issue you want to be able to correct it But also you just want to know if your kid had a hard day because if I get home I can start preparing myself when she told me that I thought (laughs) oh he didn't really nap it's gonna he's maybe gonna be a, a hard mess. evening. I can. I mean, yeah. this is good info. Now, had she approached it as like, this is an issue, I would have said he's two. Sometimes two year olds are cranky, annoying, selfish little monsters, sure, right? Sure. Like, and I have sympathy and I appreciate his. I have sympathy for someone who works with children because I have to, and I appreciate his daycare teachers because they take good care of my child. Um, but if one were to tell me man I can't handle when these kids act like kids I'm like I, what, what do you want job like every job has problems and you this is the one that goes with yours you know I don't have to deal with cranky kids at my job but I do have to deal with other stuff so you've got to deal with cranky people who shouldn't be
0: acting like kids you yeah, anyway
1: right exactly because they're 22 um So for me, it's like, but a little bit, there's a little part of me initially that was like, well, why would you say that? You know what I mean? Or it's like, what is she saying about How
0: dare you? You know,
1: what is she saying? Is she trying to say he's a bad kid? Like, you just go, you know, you immediately get defensive because it's like, I know he's not a bad kid. So don't, don't suggest that to me. And not that I want to take vengeance against her, but just that little bit. I'm imagining if this is, even that day I was thinking, like, what would I do if he gets to junior high and has a teacher that he keeps acting up in the class? And, you know, he's telling me, this teacher doesn't like me. She's picking on me. And the teacher's like, well, your kid is constantly disrupting my class. I mean, yeah, who do you believe? Right, well, because, and especially, I mean, you have a parent who's an educator, and you're an educator yourself, you know that there's a lot of situations where the kid's just being a tool, right? Or just being a kid, right, yeah. maybe, you know, just a, a, a whatever, not acting.
0: Sometimes there's no difference between those
1: two yeah, things. Yeah, but but then also, you have had, we've all had a situation where we can think of as kids where an adult wasn't fair or perfect to us. And as adults, we realize that, hey, you know, not everyone's perfect, and all adults don't have all the answers, but, you know, we also know that some adults are still petty and dumb and could definitely take out their own problems right. on a teenager, right? So, I don't know, just thinking through that. It's funny you bring that up to me, because I was thinking through that, being like, man, I think I'd be okay with this in that situation because my mother was an educator, and I've worked in education as well, but also, like, man, that detonation is definitely there. I don't, if I was ever pretending it wasn't, it definitely is there to uh, kind of just immediately be like, well, you don't know. <laughs> yeah, you know, protect him I, above all others.
0: Yeah, I, I do think that the context matters a whole lot. And I do think that the teacher plays an important role in this scenario, too, because no. I've had students before who have threatened me physically with violence, right? Like, face to face, in front of a bunch of people have said things like that. And this is not to kind of toot my own horn, but it's like, I, I've been around the block a couple of times with students like this, who are really uncomfortable, it's like, I don't, I don't believe you, you know, like right. you, I know you don't mean that. And I know that like, if I give you 10 minutes, you're going to come apologize and want to hug me. Right. Like it, I, I know the difference between a genuine threat of violence and this kind of blustering that you're yeah, doing or
1: lashing out or whatever. Right. You call but, it. but
0: I, but I only know that because I've been around people like you a whole lot. Right. I've been around this kind of population a whole lot. And so if I hadn't been, I might take it really seriously and I might report it and other people would have to take it seriously. And so there is that question of like, what constitutes a serious issue versus this is a single moment of lashing out. And I I bring that up in the context of protagonist bias because I'm worried that when I am looking at my son's behavior, I will never see it as a serious issue. I will always see it as this is a specific instance of something and he'll grow out of it or, you know, whatever the case may be that because I'm going to view my son as the protagonist or the hero of whatever story this yeah. is, I'll never be able to see it accurately. That that's kind of my concern. I, and that's, Oh, sorry, go ahead.
1: No, 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 go finish your thought.
0: No, my, it, that was a segue for me. So oh, you go ahead.
1: Sure. I, I was just saying, I think that you won. you always will to see your son in that light. I mean, you just, you'll never be able to see him as anything other than your son. And so that will color everything you do, but I also think that if you're asking yourself these questions, that's already – and you know, you're cognizant of it and you're aware of it and you're having to deal right. with it. There's a – the char- what's the character in Harry Potter, the teacher that ended up being a bad guy from the Goblet of Fire? I can't remember his name off the top of my head, um, but he was the one – Goblet of Fire? Yeah, the one that was oh, like Moody, Mad yeah, Eye Mad Moody. Yeah, Mad Eye Moody, right. He was the constant vigilance guy, right? That's how I yeah. feel like with just as constant a human being, vigilance. but also as a parent, right? Because it's so easy to I mean, depending on the person you are, maybe this is probably not how my wife sees the world, but it's like it's so easy to just take the easy way out or do something halfway. You know, but even <laughs> not then just to fall into something and not realize you are and you're gonna do it in moments. Right. But if you are constantly vigilant, right? You're thinking about it ahead of time. You're less likely to stay in there. Like you might make a mistake, but you'll realize it and be able to make amends. Sure, and probably we, we should fewer.
0: before your sister emails us and is very angry. We should note that it was actually Barty Crouch pretending to be Mad Eye Moody. That's true. With the both my sister, yeah. Okay. I didn't know. Well, I didn't know both of them were. I knew Jordan would be upset with us. If yeah. We definitely. Yeah. Okay. David Tennant portraying Barty Crouch specifically. So. <laughs> the the question that this has led me to this this whole thing is what is it appropriate to give to your child specifically to your son because there's a thresh, there's a line i feel like where it's like you don't want to make them underprivileged right you <laughs> Or just deny them everything. Right, right. But at the same time, you don't want to spoil your kid. So I guess it's that, what's the difference between spoiling and providing opportunity for? That's kind of where my headspace has been. And I'm wondering what you think about that or if, if you've had any thoughts on that difference.
1: Definitely. I think that's a, I don't know, That's it's a hard thing to answer. I don't think you can do it definitively for everybody. It might be individual a little bit. But I think that in I think there probably is some sort of general guideline you go for and then you can apply that to specific situations. And and every kid's gonna have multiple situations, right? You might right, have a different right. standard of that for a kid when he's in T ball versus his homework or something like that. I don't know, right? Where it's like if you are going to, you know, come to his defense a little bit more in one arena than another, or let him struggle Mm -hmm. a little bit more in one than another, because that's good for you. We all know that, that you need to struggle in order to grow, but at the same time, it's painful for us to watch. So I think, partially, it's, I think, ultimately, it's selfish if you can't let your kid struggle. And I don't say that to cast stones at people or say that I'm perfect at that all the time, because I think about this a lot with my kids. Specifically, this is the one that we're doing right now, is him learning to use, like, a, a spoon and fork I have no idea. I don't remember. I don't have other kids, little kids to compare him to. But I'm worried that I've fed him too much or let him eat with his hands too much and he needs to be better at it. But I'm also not trying to be like... Well, here's this fork and the spoon you can only eat or this spoon and food you can only eat with one of these. And now you're just out of luck and I'm never going to help you again. So I'm trying to do.
0: learner starve, child. (laughs) Right.
1: Again, to call back to my educator family and you as well. We're looking for a zone of proximal development thing. Right. right? Yeah. Like, let me help you (laughs) appropriately, but also let you do as much as you can yourself and push a little bit. Right. Um, Right. And so because it's much easier for me to just do it for you. Not only because I don't have to watch you struggle yes. and see you get mad or get frustrated or disappointed, even though he's not quite there because he's only almost two, but also because for me, it's not, I avoid either negative feelings or it's just less work sometimes because I know I can do it and I don't, sure. it doesn't take as long. And so it is, at least, yeah,
0: it's, it's always easier to help in the short term. Yeah. At right?
1: least where I am now. now when he's older, that's going to be different, right? Cause he'll be capable of things and I ha- and I'll have to make a thing. But right now it's at least what I'm trying to practice is that patience you know, because mm-hmm. when he does do it himself, even small things like that, even as almost two, the, you can tell he's happy with himself and he's proud, you know, or when he gets right. frustrated and it helps right. him calm down, then he does do it right, like he's always, ha- I mean, m- Michelle was at a conference, um, and we were eating mac and cheese, it was just the two of us, and so I was helping him, um, you know, I didn't have to like, uh, it wasn't like, oh, I could eat my m- meal, and Michelle could feed him, or something like that, so I ha- I'm sitting there with him, he's eating his mac and cheese, and we're working on it, and he's working on the spoon, and. Uh, he ate like all of it by himself pretty much. And I was like, you, right. it. you ate it all by yourself. And like all of the next day, he would randomly look at me and be like, so I ate, I ate it all by myself. myself. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. I'm like, man, yeah. I'm really glad that I didn't give in, which would have been, well, it's faster if I give it to him and it's easier faster, And he got frustrated easier. a couple times. Yes. I don't know that that's universal. That's for me, especially for little kids, where I'm at with that, where the temptation to do that is to take the easy way out. And, and and most of the time in life if you take if you're taking the easy way out it's probably the wrong way, right? You can yeah, almost, almost always be right. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's pretty much universal. If you do that
1: and, and and that's really hard for me because I am not patient. I'm a little too ADHD for some of those things sometimes and so I it, it really takes a lot of uh, um I end up catching myself a lot in the middle of doing it and be like, oh, okay, now I got to go back and do this. other thing." But that's at least for little kids for older kids. I don't know what it actually feels like, but I do think I, I do know that the moments when my parents let me suffer the consequences for my actions, I value now as an adult very greatly. I will say that.
0: Right. Well, I want to ask you some questions about that because, and this is something that most of this episode, I, I hadn't told you what questions I was going to ask you because I wanted to get your sort of like off the cuff response. But I did ask you about times that your parents kind of stepped in to solve problems for you, mm-hmm. and you gave me one example, which I would I I <laughs> I told you to think of another one because <laughs> it was like this is an example of a time where it's totally appropriate to step in. You know what I'm talking about?
1: Yes, yes. yes okay,
0: absolutely. so go go and tell, share that with this. Yeah. Really so this in brief, I I have
1: Crohn's disease, um, and I didn't always know that, and. Six months into my marriage to Michelle, so this would have been January of 2013, we go to the emergency room. I've been having stomach problems for a while and pains through college, even in high school. I had ulcers, and we thought that it was like reflux and ulcers or whatever. And we were, I was taking medication, but I'm, I'm in pain one night in January. Um, I'm still on Christmas break from my internship in school psychology, and I'm like, I'm in so much pain. I'm like, I. I was like, oh, we have to go to the emergency room, which I never had before in my life because even even with the pain I'd been living with with the Crohn's, it was always like, well, I don't need to go to the doctor right this second. But it was so bad. I'm like, you have to take me right now because I might be dying. And we had to have emergency surgery in the middle of the night and all this crazy stuff. And I was thankfully not yet 26, so I was still on my parents' insurance. Thanks, Obama, for that one. Thanks. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Obama.
1: Uh, uh, but and but my parents also covered all of the out-of-pocket costs because we were newlyweds, we had a little bit of money saved up, but not a lot, and it would have wiped us out easily. Um, I don't actually know what the number is because my mom wouldn't tell me, um, and I'm thankful for that That's as well. That's how you know it's bad. It probably was a lot, or maybe even if it wasn't, right. she just didn't want me to think about it at all, but there was never any, like... Question about it or even bringing it up like I didn't even know that there were out-of-pocket costs I just thought like well, it's an emergency insurance must have covered it right until my mom was I got a call from Hendrick That was like you have a bill that you need to pay mr Overman <laughs> Hendrick Hospital, and I was like um No, and I felt like such an idiot like can you talk to my mom? I know I'm like 24, but or whatever <laughs> Please call my mommy. She's handling this for me, but so that's that's the extreme one to, to give you the less extreme version um, of that Okay. so my parents stepped in and I, if I remember correctly you weren't necessarily asking for something inappropriate just where they stepped in and solved it for me sure. Or were you looking sure yeah for no one? go for it go okay. for it this one is kind of inappropriate and you know my mother is a wonderful human being and but she's not perfect so I'm unfortunately gonna tell a story on her a little bit um but <laughs> oh no this is the <laughs> I'm to share
0: this episode with her specifically yeah she listens to it said. she
1: listens to it so <laughs> mom I apologize ahead of time. But you're, I was you're in... offending a quarter of our listeners right now. <laughs> yeah. It's, come on, man. <laughs> I was in high school in my Algebra 2 class, and I was not trying very hard um, by my own admission now here. I probably would have admitted it back then, too. Um, I, but I didn't share this immediately with my mother when I was not doing well. And I was a good math... I was a good student overall, but I was pretty good at math. And so um, I... My mom, I made a bad grade or I had a C or D even maybe. I don't think I had a D. I don't remember what it was. I, you can tell how much I cared about this class. But I <laughs> Deeply. Don't, um, and my mom, you know, talked to me about it and all this. And I don't remember exactly what I told her the first time, but I didn't tell her like, oh, it's because I have yet to crack the book open. <laughs> this is why. My- <laughs> so she goes to my teacher and talks to him and thinking it must be because there's something wrong with his teaching because my son is very good at math and has never had a problem with any of his other teachers, which was true. Um, and I didn't really have a problem with this teacher, it just I wasn't doing well. And I don't think she like yelled at him or anything, but basically was like, Hey, there's this problem. I think that things need to change it, you know, and it's probably it's not really like it's this isn't working, you need to do something different to help him out. Um, and so we come back to the next, you know, grading period is over, my grade has improved dramatically. My mother is happy because she thinks she has helped me and has stepped in and done this and asked me well, what's different? Thinking I'm going to say, well, I don't know, but my teacher just started doing things differently or paid me more attention, and now I'm doing better. And I was like, well, I don't know. I started doing my homework and trying. <laughs> and, you know, that, that was <laughs> generic the Generic answer A. And that was the last time I, she probably ever did that. And I know there were times later on where I did have issues with teachers where I thought to myself as a teenager full of wisdom, why won't my parents do anything when I think this teacher's being a jerk? And that might have been part of the, the, the issue there, but – I think back to it now and are like, well, I learned how to deal with people that you don't get along with. And it's like, hmm. Right. You know, if I, I can show this teacher, you know, by failing their class, I don't know. Or I could just get over <laughs> it and, and pass and just move on with my life, right? But so yeah. she told me that when I was like 10 years later. <laughs> I didn't know that right, at the time right. at all. Um, And I, to my knowledge, that's the only time she ever said anything. Because, man, I, there was a lot of times I just forgot to turn stuff in or didn't do what I was supposed to. Like work ethic wise in school, and so I feel like she would have if she was doing this my whole life, she would have wearied of it a lot sooner than that. Um, But that that's that's the only thing I could really think of, and I don't know if it's because I just didn't mess up that much, or they just let me suffer the consequences of my mess ups a lot. Maybe that was it. I I do. I mean, I know they did that because I can think of a lot of times that that happened. Um, Right. Right. Nothing horrific, thankfully, because I'm not. You know, I may be a little bit of a goober, but I'm not an idiot, thankfully. <laughs> so so that's yeah, good. No, so, Mom, I'm sorry if this embarrasses you. You were an idiot. But no, I, you were 100% an idiot. But that you're okay kind lucky, of idiot, yeah. you
0: were a lucky idiot in the same capacity that I'm a lucky idiot, which is that neither of us got busted for the truly idiot stuff sure. we did. Mom, if it makes you feel better, I hardly
1: ever tell that story. I tell the story all the time about you... Uh, I'm missing a whole year of some club in junior high because I didn't turn the form in on time and you did not throw your weight around as principal to get me in the club anyways. So um, I tell that story way more to people.
0: <laughs> did, was this also the year that we got to do the announcements? Because... Oh, yeah, the, I think oh, it was. Those were
1: the best. <laughs> I forgot. Those oh, were some really good announcements dead.
0: because I think you're the only person who actually watched SNL at that point or something like the rough equivalent. So people thought we were hilarious. Yeah, all we, that we maybe were. would have been. Just, maybe not SNL. We just stole it. All that yeah, for all, teenagers,
1: all that. or all yeah. that is SNL for teenagers, right?
0: All right. Oh man. Right, so I have, I have two stories I want to tell on this light. Yeah, uh, I inter- uh, well, but, I'm
1: interested because I've I've told you kind of my take on it and my yeah. experience. I want to hear yours too because yeah. I know your parents very well and I can just imagine like.
0: Letting you can imagine them letting me suffer and them relishing in it. Uh, well, not
1: relishing it, but maybe like, well, you know, you haven't suffered enough for this. So we're gonna make sure you right. really learn this lesson.
0: So so on on a very kind of like micro level early in life, um, I was really easy to discipline as a child because despite what you might imagine, I I took criticism incredibly hard. Like if my mom no, I looked believe at, that, definitely. If my mom looked at me with like the slightest bit of disappointment in her eyes, I would spend the next like 72 hours just contemplating like, how have I failed this deeply? <laughs> and can I imagine a bad enough hell to justify my, <laughs> my actions? So in, in, in no lie at one point uh, in my life, I did I, my brother and I were playing in the basement. I did something that I wasn't supposed to do. And he said, I'm going to tell mom. And I remember sitting in the basement, like, he went upstairs to watch Power Rangers or something. To be clear, <laughs> my brother didn't care, right? Like, he was just trying to freak me out. And I sat in the basement by myself for a long time and decided the only way out of this scenario is to punish myself first. So I punched myself in the nose really hard over and over and over again. I'm, like, pouring blood. And I walk upstairs, like, all solemn, like, I have now suffered for my crime. And my mom is freaking out, like, what happened to you? My <laughs> yeah. brother's watching Power Rangers. He turns around and is like, What's oh, God, please don't get me in trouble for this. What happened? <laughs> right. But I was just like, I will. I will indeed suffer. Oh, man, so- that's incredibly sad.
1: That story. By the way. Well, just...
0: and to and I, I, It sounds like the kind of thing that like you must have been abused as a child. No, I just I went here all on my own. No one did anything to me. This was just all. Well, and this was all me. Man, that see that story though fits so
1: much because we have so many conversations on the show, and for the you know my mom who definitely listens all the time has heard it now. Right? <laughs> that I mean, everybody coming and has anxiety about being a parent, but I think yours yeah. is more focused singular on what you view your <laughs> shortcomings to be, which it can be an asset to you. I think anybody that can admit their own shortcomings, that's an asset, but it, uh, I, I, I would reiterate again. I think if you're already anticipating where I might need to shore up <laughs> these things, you're, you're, you're doing what well. you're on track there. Well, we've,
0: we've joked, we've joked before that, that I I judge myself as hard as I judge other people, which is a really <laughs> terrible standard because it's impossible to meet, and that's true. Right. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that's totally true. I did. I, I wanted to tell that. That's actually not the story I set out to tell. That's, it's, so that's it's a, amazing. It's an but anecdote. Also,
1: i just imagine Tyler would be just like saying that to mess with you, and then forgetting about it. Oh, it totally. Yeah. T- he didn't oh care at all. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um. So <laughs> there. There's a story I wanted to tell of a time that my parents did step in yeah that i thought was it, to me is a it's it's a fond memory honestly yeah. and then there's another time that my parents didn't step in um that i kind of thought that they they should have and we'll, we'll let the story speak for themselves because i actually it, it's i'm i'm I'll tell you if I agree with you. Yeah, I'm 15 years removed from this, and I actually haven't come to a conclusion because I don't know, which in in part, I think, defends the actions of everyone involved because it's like this is a very vague and difficult area. Hmm. So um, in high school, uh, you and I both went to a private Christian school where we went on mission trips, right? And we were both part of a Vietnam— mission team and I will say that my own motivation for going was very much volunteerism I'm not defending myself here I'm not the hero in this story right because I was I was going because I wanted to go to Europe you know not the reason Definitely. to go on a mission yeah, trip it it's me too, Yeah, really messed up Um, so I'm not defending myself there and I think the leaders were great and the the work that they did was actually very good I just wasn't really a part of it sure I turned my paperwork in to go on that mission trip a day late and the person at the school who was in charge of all of the mission trips said that I could not go. And so I went through the every channel available to me to say, like, I would like to go. And the leader of the mission trip was in support of me going. And I spent two days on it before I even said anything to my parents. Um, and I was like, I, I would like to be able to go. Please let me go. Here's you know why I turned it in late and I was not here and blah blah blah, blah all these excuses and reason. and and truth be told could I have gotten it in on time of course but I didn't okay mm-hmm. and I was going to be prevented from going on this mission trip f- because I had turned the paperwork in a day late and my dad is mild mannered in the same way that I am mild mannered which is in everyone is kind of like vaguely intimidated by a sense of general disapproval, but he doesn't <laughs> actually feel it, right? He just sort of looks like an angry badger all the time because that's his face. Um, I'm <laughs> sorry, funny. I'm losing it's, it. It's funnier if you know my dad, right? It really is. Oh, man. <laughs> so I always thought of my dad as a very mild-mannered person anyway because I have the same face, so I don't react to it. Anyway, when this, why I tell him about this, I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do, and he... He turns into a thundercloud and he storms into the school. And I don't see what happens because he's like, just wait here. And like half an hour later, there's a number of people in tears, like adults who are crying, apologizing to me. And my dad's walking out looking like the angriest badger that's ever existed because in his mind it was like my son wants to do a good thing i didn't i was selfish he was wrong about that but in his (laughs) mind he was like my son wants to do a good thing he's being prevented for bureaucratic reasons i'm gonna take this bureaucratic wall and i'm gonna knock it the hell down yeah and he did and this was an issue where it was like adults are stopping me from doing something for dumb reasons and so an adult is going to step in and fix it mm-hmm. because and and I think part of the reason he did that was because I had exhausted everything I could on my own. So w- when I look back in retrospect, that's the kind of dad I want to be, where it's like I will never step in early, but when it's time for me to step in,
1: yeah,
0: I'm gonna step hard,
1: man. And that's fun because I have not experienced something like that where, because I can just say me, I'm am a rule follower, you know, I'm a I'm a, uh, I don't necessarily. Like confrontation very much. Right. You know, I tend to be like, well, you know, it's probably my fault. I'll get over it or just ignore it really is what I'm doing, but I'm convincing myself. I'm, I'm doing something else, but like, I, I can only imagine, I don't know. I haven't had that feeling yet where it's like someone has wronged my child and I will act. I don't know. That's, um, that's fascinating. I, I wonder I look what really fondly. Like. I don't that. know that I look, I mean, yeah, I mean, why wouldn't, I mean, that sounds odd. Even listening to that story, I'm like, yeah, go Jody. That's great. Um, <laughs> Uh yeah, that, I mean, no, but that, that's, I think, a great example because it's, you know, again, yes, n- you could have maybe done this kind of thing. But are you enforcing the rule, the spirit of it, or the letter of it, right? And Right. Uh, you know, the spirit of it is usually more important. It depends, especially in something like that. You know what I mean? You weren't running well, it's for a judgment, governor it's a judgment or whatever, call. right? You know, you know? It's, it's a judgment call. Yeah, if you don't turn your paperwork in for something like that, then that's a different thing. But you know, it's like, you know. I want to do, it's not going to harm anyone for me to be able to do this or whatever, right? Like, why are we arbitrarily kind of drawing the line here when we really don't have to? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's interesting. What's your what's your other story?
0: So, I'll. Uh, th- this one is one where, again, I don't, I don't actually know. I hate to right. interrupt myself after the fact, and but, and well, my, also... my least favorite part of doing the podcast is that when I'm editing things afterwards, I hear all the things I wish I'd said differently. Usually, I'll just let it slide and hope that you all will just listen with the grace I need, rather than what I deserve. But this story that I told here, though, it was bad. Selfish and arrogant, and the short version is that I had been given two wonderful opportunities, poor me. And some very good people in my life made me honor my prior commitment rather than doing what I wanted to do. Grant pointed out afterwards that it was a lot like the hypothetical story I told in the beginning, and that following through on your word was a pretty good thing to teach a kid. We both ended up there in the end, but I'll spare you and frankly myself ten minutes of hearing me whine about something that happened fifteen years ago. And now back to your regularly programmed podcast.
1: There's that idea though, that if you if you set forth what is right and require your child to do it, eventually when they have the choice, they will continue to make, They'll the, make right the right choice. One. At least yeah. as as your culture or whatever defines it. But that but that's that idea that that, that pays off eventually. Um and so, I mean, I, I would look at it, like you said, wh- I don't know if there's a right or wrong answer, but that's, how I, my, that's my immediate reaction is whether they knew it or not, they thought, you know what, this is, in the grand scheme of your life, learning that sometimes you have to honor your commitments even when you don't want to
0: yeah i it, would agree is, is a good I, thing, which is not I do, at all what
1: you're saying by telling the story by the way that that it didn't come across that way at all no but, but i
0: think it's an appro- i think it's an appropriate uh, conclusion to draw speaking of conclusions though i do want to ask you one question to like kind of wrap us up here yeah. okay so um how do you what's the line you draw i guess in defending zach and letting him fail how how do you know when it's okay to let him fail and, yeah. and suffer the consequences of his actions. Have you thought about that, or I, is it kind of an definitely? Intuitive thing? I'd
1: say I'm with you on this, where I'm thinking ahead, or trying to think ahead on this, and it's it's also one of those just scenarios you imagine because again, we all experience something like that growing up. Uh, for me, right now, again, I haven't gotten there yet, and that's that's the that's the scary part a little bit. It's what am I going to actually do when the rubber meets the road? Because there are days when the child exasperates me to no end, even as a toddler, and I think. I will always be tired until I die now because I have this child. <laughs> um, I don't remember always being tired before, but then there are other days where I think there is no joy in the world apart from what I derive from it, you know, like nothing right. compares. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So those, that feeling of all the joy in the universe derives from this child means probably I'll just do, you know, the, there's in me to just do whatever I can right or wrong to see him benefit. I, I For me, I try to remember, even you know, the stakes are much lower as a toddler right now. But I am trying to, just in general, my life, be a little more disciplined and think, you know, let me do these small things now and, and create some kind of habits. I've waited way too long in life to do that. The people who are who just do that, like my wife, and have done it their whole life, are thinking, "Why are you just now catching up to my level?" But <laughs> the 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 idea is to, in even the small situations, say, you know will greater good for you come out of this struggle than, um, than not, you know, right. 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 Is, is the pain of the struggle going to be worth the, the reward eventually?
0: Um, and that's, can we justify the harm? And yeah. if not in this specific scenario in general, is it good for you to know and that man, the harm you, comes? You work with college students too, and a different demographic
1: vastly than I do, since I'm at a private school, um, like a well to do mostly private school um, that, you know, and not to rag too much on Gen Z or whatever they are, but, you know, there's there's a good amount of them that have never suffered a consequence for something. And then they reach college, and they're like, well, my professor doesn't care that I'm failing. I'm like, well, he does, but you have don't go to class, and you didn't do your homework, so when you ask for help, he tells you to, you know... Right, something know. he doesn't care. He doesn't know who you are. Yeah, he's like, I can't help you because you haven't done this stuff. And I and I tell so many kids that, and they look, and s- most of them know. There are a couple of them look at me like I've revealed a deep truth of the universe. Like I, if I show up and try, it matters or not. And they haven't been allowed to fail and to fall and to mess up until now because it's all you know. Maybe they just never had the right. opportunity to, and things were easy for them. I don't know. And this is the first time they've been challenged. So I, I try not to judge them or their parents too harshly, but. I want to avoid that. I don't want the only time my son has ever faced a hardship or, you know, been in a mess of his own making to be when the stakes are like you'll flunk out of college and be in debt or go to jail, heaven forbid, you know, or like lose your job. But no, but you're
0: right that that's what happens is that on on some like so when you're dealing with consequences on some level, you protect your child from some consequences because they're too harsh and you don't want them to become. Kids fearful are kids. Of, kids will so be So fearful of failure, right? Yeah. right? yeah, I'm so terrified of failing because mm-hmm. of the seriousness of the consequences early on, right? But on the other hand, and I think this is kind of where I'm, I'm, I was driving with these questions to a degree, is there's a privilege of failing, right? And there's a kind of honor in someone allowing you to fail. That if someone allows you to fail, it's because they have faith. That if someone who cares about you allows you to fail, it's because they have faith that you can rise above it. And I'm trying to figure out where that line is for me and And, like, you know, Jess and I are discussing it. And I was just curious how it was for you and Michelle and Zach, too.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't want it to come across as if, oh, I figured it out, i do it. I think it's a—I'm trying to instill in myself, in any area of parenting, a process that will do me well. And I'm leaning yeah. on the lessons that I was fortunately taught. I think I had two great parents that taught me. I mean, this one, a lot. I, you know, I, <laughs> I can remember being, in, especially in college too, where I would, I would not study for a test, which was a mistake, and that was my own doing, and I would just came out of the womb <laughs> that way. Like, I don't feel like doing this, so I won't do it right now. And getting a grade that I probably shouldn't have been happy with, but at least looking at it and be like, no, nope, that's what I earned. That's the amount of effort I put into this, you yeah. know, um, as opposed to some wrong has been done to me right um and so i i i hope to emulate that again i think that imagining and preparing yourself i mean that's just what we do cognitively to get ready for things but i but, but i think morally that's a good indicator of that i hope it is since that's what i'm doing <laughs> right um, right but but it, it is good to talk about it is good to wonder about and i think that looking do, this process of looking back on things in your life and like when were these places that were formative to me or important to me that stick with me? And why do they stick with me? And what yeah. can you drive? Whether whether you improve on it or not it, is a different question, maybe. But Well,
0: it's good to know because you're going to interact with somebody who's making those formative yeah. uh, uh, memories, right?
1: Yeah, I wasn't as worried about this before, but now I'm just thinking like, man, I love that little kid so much. It's like, <laughs> I definitely don't care about anyone else as much as him. So if that's the standard I'm going by, then I'm going <laughs> to err on the side of doing something for him. But... Um, I don't know. Hopefully I can do the mental gymnastics to be like, you know, what is actually better for him is to <laughs> let him just, you know, sit there in his misery for a little bit when he needs to. Um, yeah, I, I think where we've
0: arrived, or where we've ended up, is the realization that the statement, this hurts me a lot more than it hurts you, might actually be incredibly true. Oh my and, gosh. And that is bad news for parents.
1: Yeah, it also makes me feel retroactively terrible for all the times I was a snotty, mostly teenager, but you can be snotty other ages, but yeah, ugh. I, I managed to be a snotty 20-something, so. <laughs> I don't want to think about that. That's still too close in my life to, to think it's about. It's too close to home. Yeah, in another 10 years, I'll be able to
0: look back on that and be like, oh, well, that sucked, but it's okay. Right, right. Let's give Let's give it some time. And listen, uh, this has been Two Dads Name Grant. I am Grant Vickery here with my good friend, Grant Overman. And uh, thank you guys for listening. You guys have a good night.